You're listening to another message from the Pentecostal Church in Normal, Illinois. Our mission is to honor God, love people, discover truth. Anybody remember that? I preached a defended city is a united city. Come on, anybody still united in here? Come on, we came this morning for one reason and one reason only, and it wasn't to hear me, it was to hear from him. We come to hear from the Lord. We can get more done together than we can separated, right? Any, you ever try to do something on your own, but then you ask somebody to help and it went a whole lot quicker? Yeah, that's it, united. We can get more done with Christ than without him, Amen. I've lived a portion of my life without Jesus Christ, and I can tell you what I've got done with him has been a whole lot more than what I got done without him. He multiplied. He's a multiplier, and he multiplies when he's allowed to come into our lives, and we unify with Christ. It's not him getting with us. It's us getting with him. That's what I preached last week about the understanding of that defended city. I want to stay in the same vein this morning. But before I do that, I want to remind us what Hebrews 13 and 8 says. It says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. I was talking to a sister this morning, and she, she, she used this word, and it, and, it, and it shook me because she didn't know what I was preaching. She said, people are starting to remember things. I'm starting to remember things. And she started to say these words that were just words that she was saying, but they struck me to the core because it's everything that I want to preach this morning. Stand with me. I want to preach Nehemiah 4 and 14, and I want to stay on this topic of a defended city. The Bible says this in the New Living. Then as I looked over the situation, everybody say looked over. I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Everybody say, Don't be afraid. And this word right here, remember the Lord. Somebody right now, you got to start. God's shaking you. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And for just a little while this morning, I want to preach on a defended city remembers the Lord. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much, God, for your presence being here before we ever showed up today, God. I, I thank you for the anointing of our praise singers and our and our band as they led us in, in praise unto you, God. I, I thank you for our opening, God. I thank you for our prayer, God. I, I thank you for all of it, God. But most importantly, I thank you for the opportunity to remember who you are, God. The opportunity to remember how glorious and great you are, God. And I pray, God, is that memory 
memory comes to us, Lord Jesus, we would grab a hold of it, God, to not forget it, to not forsake it, to not lay it down, God, but let it be upon our minds at all times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I get excited by little words. <laughs> I get excited by little things. I've told you before, uh, I probably should just stop saying it, but I told you before I'm, I'm a shallow preacher. It means I don't wade too far into the deep water because you know why? I'm still excited by the little things of God. I'm still excited by the, I don't need to explore space because when I look at the grass, I'm just like, wow, how did he get that to grow? I don't need to explore the depths of the ocean because when I look at a fish, I go, how can things swim. I'm just excited by the little things of God, and it's the little word like a word remember that just struck me in my studies. It just strikes me because my mind when it comes to remembering is different than your mind, and you're different. your mind is different than the person sitting next to you, but it was a pivotal time for Nehemiah and the Jewish people living in Israel. The walls and the gates had been destroyed, but they were now half built. Everybody say half built. It was half up. A lot of energy had been put into this point to get the workers started, but everybody was getting tired. You ever start something? It takes a lot of energy to start something, doesn't it? My dear sister over here told me that she's starting everything in her house. She's tearing it all apart. It takes a lot of energy to get something started, right? And so here they are. That's the point that they're in, and, and there was still this conversation in their mind. There's still so much to do. You ever had so much to do? You're, anybody married in here has a wife? They got lists for you? No, just me? All right. <laughs> There's always still so much to do, the Bible tells us. Not only was there still so much to do, but the enemy was threatening. Come on, can I get a witness? There's still so much to do, but the devil won't get off my back. There's still so much to do, but my flesh won't leave me alone. There's still so much to do, but... But, but, and that's where they were at in the Bible. What a spot to be in. Take a step back and examine the whole picture. Nehemiah, a cupbearer, was sent by God. He was sent by God. He comes to Jerusalem, which is supposed to be this holy, beautiful place. The temple had been rebuilt, but the city in itself was destroyed. And here he comes into this holy city. What destroyed the city, you ask? Sin. Sin destroyed the city. Sin was the reason that God had moved the, the, the Babylonians in to destroy and take captive the Jewish people. Sin, a turning away from God. I'm not talking about big words of sin like murder and all of this stuff. What I'm talking about is just not following God. That's the simple sin that it broke down. You can get into the depths of it and we can judge each other, but really sin boils down to just not following God. Because when we follow God, there's no room for sin in that line. Because God is holy and there's no room for sin. I'll get into that a little bit more. But here we find this, this place that's just destroyed. It's disheveled. It's, it's every man for himself living inside. Because at any given moment, the enemy would come in, right? Three weeks I preached about that. Three weeks we learned about that. Nehemiah began, he began to rally everybody together. He began to make them unified together, did he not? He began to get them to build in the same directions, the same purpose, the same goal. And it was all for the kingdom. Come on. You're not here for my purpose. You're not here for my reason. We're all here for the kingdom. Come on, that's what we're united under is the kingdom. And he steps back and he takes a look and he says, Then I looked over 
the situation. He called the people together and said, don't be afraid. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. There was a lot of work still to be done. You look at me and you say, man, he's got a nice suit on. He's got a tie. He even has a tie clip and it's clipped to his shirt today. It's just not clipped to the tie. He is well put together. His shoes, they got a little bit of creases in them, but they're nice, nice looking. And you might say, well, he's more than half done. Now, if I was really prepared, I would take my shirt off and show you the holes that are in the back of them. But you look, and we look at the appearance of at times, don't we? We look and say, oh, that, they're, they're really put together. They, they really have a, a life dedicated to Christ. They really have it all going on. And oftentimes what we don't see is what goes on behind the scenes. Right? And so Nehemiah, he was looking at the work, and please, don't get me wrong. Every bit of work that we put in for God is a, is a glorious work. Amen? Every opportunity, every step we take for God, he's there. What happens to us is we get tired. Oh, man, I, I've, been, I've been two Sundays in a row. i got to lay down. No, it's not about your attendance. It's about what we're doing for God, right? Man, I, I, I've been reading my Bible three days in a row, God. Can I just get a break? Just me again. Man, I, I should just really just preach to myself. <laughs> you guys need to get up here and preach to me, I guess. But Nehemiah steps back and he looks and he says, we can't stop right now. We can't stop right now. Because the enemy wants you to think half good is good enough. The enemy wants you to think half is enough. It's not enough. If it was enough, it would be called a whole. <laughs> Come on, I'm getting into math for you today. If half was enough, it would be whole. There would be no half. I told you I'm simple like the fish in the, in the sea. He said, don't be afraid. Just remember, and I want to echo that to somebody here today. Remember the Lord. I know you're in it. I know you're around it. I know you're walking through it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The joy of the Lord is upon me. Come on now, somebody's got to remember that today. Maybe life has happened. Maybe you built half and the enemy came to tear it down. Maybe you got halfway up and the enemy said, come on, that's enough. I can't get over that four-foot wall. All the while, he knows he's got a ladder and he can just come in anytime he wants. Maybe you're that person. Maybe the work felt too great. You ever been in prayer with God and just, just heaviness comes upon you? Just a weight, not a weight of sin, but a weight of God's love comes down upon you and just you begin to feel like, oh, I'm not even This opportunity that comes upon all of us. That's why I'm not just preaching to a few today. I'm preaching to the whole body. Because God is calling all of us to remember. Remember that time that I called you. Remember that opportunity that I had. Remember that promise that I spoke. Remember. Remember this word. Because it's all about this word. And it's all about remembering. If God brought you to it, God can take you through it. Come on. That's preacher slang right there. Come on, this is what we do. We evangelize. We tell you, remember, God brought you through it. God will take you to it. Stand and let's pray and let's leave. That's what we do, right, oftentimes? Because sometimes we don't know how to get through it. Sometimes we don't know how to remember. I didn't come here today not knowing how. Otherwise, I wouldn't have just told you that. I came today with some of this. 
Matter of fact, I came today with a lot of this. Because I don't want to preach you my opinion. I want to preach you the word this morning. I don't want to preach you just, oh, some simple guide. I want to preach you the, the, the principles and basis of what God has put before us so that we can remember at all times and in all situations. Because it's a foundation that upon layer and upon layer and upon precept and upon precept, it's this word of God that's going to bring us back to to be a reminder to remember the Lord, Nehemiah said. The definition of remember is to have in or be able to bring to one's mind an awareness of. Been there? Have in or be able to bring to mind a remembrance of. There's something interesting about remembering. We all have our own ways. I said that at the beginning. I have stories about my family. Come on, Dad, right? We agreed not to share those stories anymore. <laughs> because there's something interesting about my memory compared to his. I remember stories different. And I will tell my stories, and he will look at me and go. Because the thing about my story is they always make me look good, right? Is there anybody in here that tells bad stories about themselves? Sister Naomi, you tell bad stories about yourself? Oh, wow. We need to encourage her in the other direction. <laughs> because when I tell a story, I always come out the good one. And, and he doesn't come out the bad one, but sometimes it looks a little different, right? And then when he tells a story, it's completely different because our memories are different. And what, what we remember, somebody say remember. What we remember is based a lot of times on our experiences, right? It's based a lot of times on our situations. It's based a lot of times on our positions. It's based a lot of times on our titles. Our memory is based a lot of times on stuff that's going around us. Come on, anybody with me? You remember when you were younger and your parents didn't have a lot of money but just a couple pieces of bread and some bologna, and that's what you ate for a little while? Anybody there? We're blessed. Come on, we're blessed right now. We're, we're living in blessed times, but there are times for some of us that there wasn't a lot there. They were doing everything they could, and I'm not telling a story about him. I'm just saying. They're, they're doing everything they could just to make sure that my little mouth ate something. Is that a witness, Dad? That was a witness. And, and sometimes when we, when we have to go back, we don't remember everything because in my mind, I, I provided all that for us. But that's not how it happened. And so when we begin to remember the situations, they begin to adapt and they begin to change the surroundings. And for me, as a little kid, it was just food on the table. But for them in that moment, there was memories that went with making sure there was food for this little smart mouth kid at the table, right? So there are situations that they, they, they mold and they shape our memories, they begin to move upon us. What I want to do this morning is I don't want you just to remember, though for the next couple minutes what I want to do is remind. I want to remind somebody. Remind means to cause you to remember. See, I believe there's a word of God been put in each and every one. There's been seeds that have already been sowed throughout this whole entire body. And what we need to do is we need to recall those to our memory. We need to continue to get upon that promise. We need to get a, continue to get upon that blessing. And we need to remember. So I want to remind you today. Shake off those cobwebs. Everybody do this a little bit. Don't do it too much. You'll give yourself a concussion. Dust off those memories. Come on, dust off those memories. Don't you love memories? You'll be sitting there and just the randomest thing will bring a memory to your mind. 
it'll take you back to a place. Won't it? Won't it? It's not always the best of places, but it'll take you back to that place. You're sitting here looking at me like, how am I supposed to remember God? The same way, because when you see that tree start to bloom and you're sitting there, you're going to go, oh, look at all the goodness of God. When you see the birds start to sing, when you see the snow start to fall, when you see the seasons start to come about, you're going to say, oh, the goodness, the greatness of God. God is in this house this morning, and he sent me to remind us of how good and how great he is. Anybody excited to know? Anybody excited to know how good God is in the house? So let me throw some scriptures at you this morning. Genesis 1, 1 through 3 in the New Living Translation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Anybody reminded about that this morning? There was no big bang. There was no fish that walked out of the sea. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form, and it was void. And darkness covered the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And what did God do next? And God said, let there be light. He didn't get out a hammer. He didn't get out a bunch of nails. He spoke creation into existence. There was nothing but darkness. And then what happened? The light stepped in. The light stepped in. The darkness had no place when the light stepped in. And God began to move. I'm trying to remind somebody this morning. I'm trying to remind. It's been a while. It's been a while, and things have got into, your, got into your ecosystem of your mind, and they begin to tell you, well, it's possible. Well, it could happen. Well, there is some things that show us that way. I want to shake you today and remind you that when you were this little, God began to pour into you. Before you were thought of by your parents, God was already pouring this into you. we got to remember today who God is. The Bible says that God is a spirit and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep. Jesus' words in John 4 and 24 said God is a spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. Now's not a time to walk away from the Holy Ghost. Now's the time to walk in the Holy Ghost. Oh, that's just you crazy Pentecostals talking about that Holy Ghost. You better be right, I'm talking about that Holy Ghost, because it's in this book. If it ain't in this book, I'm not talking about it. But if it's in this book, we better be on it, and we better be talking about it. The Spirit, we must worship Him in spirit and in truth. It's why we do praise songs. It's why we get ourselves started with praise in the beginning of our service, so that we can lift Him up the way that He is meant to be lifted up. It's why the Holy Ghost, with evidence of speaking in tongues, is so important and so necessary. Can I tell you, it's a disservice to us. It's a disservice to the word when we think that we can just come in and believe and receive. It's a disservice because believement means follow. Believement means guiding after. Believement means taking every bit of this word and digesting it and following after it and living to it. I'm not talking down to anybody today. What I'm saying is remember, remember this word is truth. This word is holy. This word is life. Remember, because here's what happens. When you start to remember, you start to get power. You start to receive power. I'm telling you, those memories as a little kid of just being able to eat, you know what that does? It gives me hope. It gives me faith because my earthly father was able to do that. How much more is my heavenly father able to provide and to do this and to do that? Because God is a spirit. He is omniscient. Everybody say omniscient. These are all words you've heard. He's all-knowing. 
He's omnipotent. You know what that means? He's all-powerful. He's omnipresent. You know what that means? He's all places. Just like he is in this room right now. He is over in Israel. He is, he is in, in every, every place, every, every nation. He is in every part of the globe because he is omnipresent, because he's a spirit. He's not just on the cross. He's not just hanging on the wall on a picture. He is in all places at all times. God is holiness. He's justice. He's righteous. He's love. He's joy. He's peace. He's mercy. He's grace. He's truth. He's goodness. God is so good. God is so good. Somebody needs reminded. Somebody needs reminded. Life's been a little tough. I'm not doubting it. It is. Life's got you a little bit down. I'm not saying it shouldn't because at times it does. But what I'm saying is there's got to be some dust shook off this morning. What I'm saying is there's a memory. And in that memory, there are things that God did and put in your life a long time ago. And he's saying, come on, sister. Come on, brother. Now's the time to shake it. And now's the time to walk with me again. It's not the time to turn. It's the time to come into my presence. He is perfect. He cannot lie, the Bible tells us. I'm not talking about a preacher or a pastor or a saint or a church member. I'm talking about the Heavenly Father. I'm talking about the God that sits high upon the earth. Here's my worry. Here's my concern for us, church. Our memories of God are jaded by humanity. Our memories of God are jaded by people that sit in these seats that we're sitting in. They're jaded by people that we work with. They're jaded by men and women who have stood behind pulpits like that. They are formed and they are jaded. And all the while God says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Nothing about me has ever changed. So I want to remind somebody today, he's not changed. He is the same. He cannot lie. I'm talking about the almighty, almighty God because God is holy. He's justice. I said all that. He is all those things. He cannot fellowship with sin. He cannot fellowship with sin. Sayo preached about it a couple weeks ago himself. He cannot fellowship. Sin in God's eyes demanded punishment. It's why throughout the Old Testament God would use men and women to turn people back to him. He would say, get out of sin and come back to me. But time and time again, humanity would not. They would continue to walk. They would continue to move until we find Moses in the book of Deuteronomy bringing the people of Israel out of bondage in Egypt, right? Come on, I'm doing a little Bible study today. I'll slow down just a little bit. I need you to hear this. Moses brings them out. He goes up Mount Sinai. He has an interaction with God. And he comes back down. The people so desperately want to see God. And he introduces them with the backside of the Lord. It's a good old sermon all by itself. You you want to see God, look at his backside. Come on now. (laughs) But he says this as his introduction to them. He says in Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Pastor, you've told us that before. I know I've told you that before, and I'm going to tell you that again and again and again because it's a reminder to somebody. It's a reminder that when God first introduced himself, it's the way that the man of God introduced him to the Israelite people. Hear, O Israel, this introduction. You need to remember the authority and the power upon which you pray to. It's not just some part of a being. It is the whole being. It is the one that spoke in the very beginning. In Genesis, 
There is no separation. There is no distinction and there is no division in God. Isaiah 43, 10 and 11 says this, But you are my witnesses, O Israel, says the Lord. You are my servant. You have been chosen to know me, believe in me, and understand that I alone am God. There is no other God. There has never been and there never will be. I, yes, I am the Lord and there is no other. Time and time again, God is calling us to remember in his scripture, get out of the weeds, shake off the dust because I'm coming to you in all that I am. I get excited about it because I tell you, I'm simple. I start thinking about God. I start thinking about those little fishy swimming. I start thinking about that show, Nemo. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just Anybody got kids? No. Isaiah 44, 6 and 8 says this. This is what the Lord says. Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord of the heaven's armies. I am the first and the last. There is no other God who is like me. Let him step forward and prove to you his power. Let him do as I have done since ancient times. Then I established a people and explained its future. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. Doesn't that sound like Nehemiah? Doesn't that say Sambalot's outside? You got half of the wall built. The enemy's telling you he's going to come in, but he's saying, I serve a God and God alone. There is none like, there is none beside, there is none before, there shall be none after. So do not be afraid. Somebody, fear is trying to tower over you today. And God is saying, remember, 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 do not tremble, do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim my purpose for you long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any other God? No. There is no other rock, not a one, no other, not a one, not a little boulder in the yard, not a little boulder over here. There is no other. There is only one. Come on. Why? Why are you doing this today, Pastor? Why are you doing this today? Why are you preaching this today? Because God sent somebody here to remember. If it's not anybody else, it's me. God sent me here to remember. My wife sent me a picture this last week, and I, I don't get a lot into the end times. I just get to listen to a lot of the end times, right? She sent me a picture of this flag. And you know what colors were on the flag? Did anybody hear during that message of the uh, four horsemen of the apocalypse and the colors that they were? They were red, they were green, they were white, and they were black. She sent me a picture of a flag, a flag of a country. And I'm not even going to tell you, you can go look it up for yourself. Because I'm not telling you anything but what I saw in the colors and what she sent me. There's a picture on a flag of a country that's at war right now with another country. And the colors on that flag are black, they're white, they're red, and they're green. I'm not telling you any other thing than those are colors that correlate to colors of the end time that we're studying. But what I'm telling you is God's not, God's wrapping this thing up. God's getting close to calling us home. And what we need to understand is when we get to heaven, there's not going to be Sitting upon a throne, there's going to be one sitting upon a throne. And I need you to hear me today because somebody needs reminded of the power and the authority of who God is. Remember, God hung the stars. God spoke to creation. John 1, 1 and 5 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. That's good King James English right there. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. 
And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Jump down to 14, and that same word that was in the beginning, that was God, and that was with God, that same word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And the Bible puts parentheses in there to say, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. No separation. No division. No no nothing but the same. Colossians says this, Colossians 2 and 9, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus wasn't just some man prophet. Jesus was God, manifest in the flesh. you got to hear me. I'm trying to remind somebody today, because when you understand that God wrapped himself in the flesh, the cross is different. The cross is different because now it's just not some man hanging on a tree. It's the God of all creations setting yourself up for redemption upon the tree that God has put before us. God cannot tolerate sin, so he had to do something. Something had to die. Just like in the garden, after Adam and Eve, they they committed sin, did they not? They ate of that tree. God kicked them out of the garden. Sin entered in. He had to clothe them before he sent them out. Something had to die. It just couldn't be anything, but something had to die in that garden. And just like upon that cross, just like upon that cross, it couldn't be just anybody. It had to be God himself anyway because he needed it to be spotless. There needed to be nothing without sin. Raise your hand if you're perfect. Don't raise your hand if you think you're perfect. Raise your hand if you're perfect. (laughs) I've done that before, and somebody's like, I think I'm pretty good. No, none of us are perfect. We're all pretty good. You know what? At times it's okay to say we're all pretty good, but we're not perfect. And until there is perfection, there's work still to be done. The wall still needs to be continually built. I'm here to remind somebody there was perfection that went to the cross. There was perfection that knew no sin, that had no sin. It couldn't be just a prophet or a man. It had to be God fully in that man so that it could be pure perfection that went to that cross. He had to die. God wrapped himself in that flesh and took on the sins of the world. Why? To redeem us. To redeem us from hell, death, and the grave so that we could, be, so that we could then put on Christ. So that we could then put on Christ. On our imperfections, we could put on His perfection so that we can walk in newness of body. We could go down in Jesus' name in baptism and come up a new creation. Come on, I'm trying to remind somebody today. Come on, somebody remember the power and the glory of God in this house this morning. God wrapped Himself to redeem us from hell and the grave. It's why we talk about repentance. Repentance is a change of direction. It doesn't matter where you sit right now. That's why it's a remembrance. I'm not at, God's not asking us to do these things. He's just asking for us to remember. Because when we remember a point and an opportunity to repent, to say, God, I've been living like this for a long time, God, but no longer, God, you brought to my remembrance how good you are, God, and I want to go follow you. Every day is not going to be perfect when we follow God. It's why we die daily. I'm reminding somebody. Come on, I feel, I feel faith rising in the house right now. Come on, I'm reminding somebody. And I, I feel some things beginning to move. Some, some, some wheels that have been locked for a long time are beginning to 
grow and beginning to circulate in our minds. And we're thinking that, that God still loves me. That even though this or even though God still loves me. And the answer is yes, he does. He's never left us or he's never forsook us. It's repentance. Repentance, that change. A change from the way I was to now following after God. It's not perfection, it's following after. Baptism in Jesus' name. Acts 4 and 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's not titles, it's not graphics, it's personal connection, and it's in that name, Jesus. I have a name, I have titles, but it's my name that my wife calls me by when there's a personal connection. It's that name my dad calls me by when there's that personal connection. Jesus introduced us with his name so that personal connection can be placed upon our lives. Neither is there salvation in any other. Saved from what? Saved from an eternity of weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't have time to go through this whole story, but I want to read this scripture. Luke 16, 23 through 24. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip his tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Come on, there's a hell. Hell is real. You know how I know hell is real? Because heaven's real. And there's a place that was never minted for you and I. It was never meant, but over time, it's had to be enlarged time and time again because we've chose to follow after our own kingdoms and not God. And there is a hell that God has delivered us from. That was the whole point of the cross. It's why we celebrate Easter. It's not about a Cadbury bunny. It's about redemption that Jesus put on the cross so that we wouldn't have to know about this torment. How many of you like living in torment? I don't. Can I tell you, on a daily basis, there's portion of our population that live in it. On a daily basis, there's portion of us sometimes that walk through it. On a daily basis, and you know why? You know why that is? Because we stopped remembering we stopped remembering who he is and who he is is all that we need to know because it's in that moment we can go to scripture and say, oh God, my salvation is in you. I don't need to rely on any of this stuff because it's all in you. My eternity belongs in you, Lord. Remember the Lord, Nehemiah said in the book of John, Jesus was at his halfway moment with his disciples and he began to reveal the end to them, and much like Nehemiah did to the people, much like Nehemiah, Jesus himself did this in John 14, 1 through 17. Please understand me, I'm not usually a lot of scripture reading, but I need somebody to remember. And I don't need you to remember how much I sweat while I preach. What I need you to remember is how good the word of God is. So I'm going to be heavy, and I'm in heavy in the word, but I need somebody to hear it because it's not my words that are going to save you from sal for salvation. It's the word of God that's going to save us. So hear me today, John 14, 1 and 17. He says this, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, you trust in God and trust also in me. Remember, remember, trust also in God, trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If there were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? 
when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. He's laying it out for his disciples. He's saying, listen, guys, it's been great. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. Thank you for following after me. But I'm going to place to prepare for you. And if you trust me and you trust the Father, trust also in me. Remember. Remember the scriptures we read before. Remember what God is setting up. Remember what God is establishing. He goes on and, and, and Thomas jumps in and he says, no, we don't know, Lord. We don't know, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? The way was the following after Christ in the scripture. How can we know the way? Here, you need to hear this. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Come on, come on. Somebody's got a shot going on right now. Somebody's got to understand. When we go down in Jesus' name, we put on and we begin to come to the Father. Hear it. There's more. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, hear it, you would know who the Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. You know him and have seen him. Jesus, manifest in the flesh, standing before the disciples. He said, you now know him because what? You have seen. You have seen him. The excitement of the Pentecostals in the room. Come on, you might have been baptized 20 years ago, but you need to get the joy of the Lord down in you. It's not a separation of God. There is one God. There is one faith. Woo! Pass out, I'm getting so excited. Slow down. Hey, listen, if I pass out, Jay, just come on and keep going. Philip said, this is us, stubborn. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Right? Right where we're sitting right now. He's reminding us. He's reminding us that we're still sitting here going, I need one more second. I need one more second. Just give me one little bit more, right? And, and he says, Philip, show us. Or Philip says, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen <laughs> anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Do not do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father and the Father is in me, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Come on, hear it somebody. Shake the cobwebs. Shake the reminder. The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does this work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the works that you have seen me do. God is in the business of works. God is in the business of fruit. God, that's how God, that's how we know what kind of church we are. Is there fruit? Is there miracles? Is there signs? Is God in this room? We can come together, we can do all this stuff, but is God in this place? Come on, I'm got to step into the supernatural. You got to step into the anointing of the Lord because when we step in, you know who's shown the Father? The Father, God is shown in this house. There's not a hunger. There's not a hunger, hear me. There's not a hunger for more churches. There's a hunger for the move of the spirit. 
That's why I'm reminded. Because there's moves taking place. There's moves taking place. And it needs the church to go, oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember, I remember, I remember. Jesus goes on to say, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. Not just the same. And even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. So the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask anything in my name and I will do it. Remember, remember the name Jesus. Remember the power in the name Jesus. He goes on and I'm quickly wrapping it up here. He goes on and says, if you love me, obey my commandments. We know that one. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is who? He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Come on, remember. Remember to receive. Remember to recognize. Because if we don't, we're going to miss it, church. The world cannot receive, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Oh, come on. I and the Father are one. You're going to know the Spirit because he's living with you right now. There is no distinction. There is no separation. God has not left us, and he's not forsooken us. He was here before you walked into those doors today. Stand with me this morning. Stand with me this morning. I've been called not to do anything else but to remind you to remember this morning. Because here's the thing that I know, because I too have this flesh. Here's the thing that I know. Once you leave this building, the enemy's still going to be waiting outside for you. Once you leave this building... Those situations, that work-life balance, whatever it might be, it's still waiting for you right outside those doors. Oh, that's exciting, Pastor. Thank, thank you very much. Why don't you just close it with a prayer and get us on out of here. Here's what you need to hear. When you remember, those things are still there, but they don't have power anymore. Because the power now comes through the one who spoke, the one who creates, the one who is, and the one who is to come. Peter said this after stirring the people on the streets of who Jesus was. He says, then Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Remember the power. Remember the authority. Remember the name. Of Jesus, it's not just taglines that we say. Why do we say them over and over again? It's so that we remember how important they are. It's not just a plan, it's a promise. God's word over and over and over again is a promise after promise. It's so much easier though to remember when we put on his name. When we put on his name, everything around to walk in a newness Nehemiah said then I looked over the situation I stood back church and I looked and I saw the people working I saw the people grinding I saw the people doing what they were supposed to do but I saw people start to get tired I saw people start to get worried and worn down 
I saw people start to get afraid. Every eye closed. Every head bowed. I saw people start to get weary in well-doing as I looked over the situation. And I was reminded. And so I reminded them. Remember. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. Come on, hear it today, church. Don't block me out. Don't block out the word of the Lord. Keep your eyes closed for a minute. Keep your eyes closed. Here's what I want to do. Because it's easier to remember this. What I want you to do is remember that situation that's keeping you from God right now. Come on, remember it. Put it in your mind's eye. Come on, everybody's doing it right now. I'm doing it myself. Remember that thing that's holding you back. Remember that thing that's keeping you from being committed. Remember it. Focus. Look at it right now. It might be something from 20 years ago. It might be something from yesterday. Put your eyes on it and remember. Now as you remember that, I want you to remember the words that were spoken today. Remember the scriptures. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. Remember that because it will begin to take your focus off of that other stuff. God's power and glory will begin to move in like a mighty rushing wind across this house. Come on, remember him, church. Come on, remember how great he is. Come on, remember how he hung the stars. Come on, put that in your mind's eye this morning. And as you do that, I wonder if you can approach this altar if you feel comfortable. I wonder if right where you're at, you can find a place to pray. Come on, don't pray on that issue. Pray upon the Lord. Pray upon God and his holy works. Come on, let's pray. Let's turn this whole place into an altar this morning. If you haven't repented of your sins, today is the day to say, God, I don't know everything I'm doing, God, but I'm going to follow after you. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, today is the day you can put on Christ. Today is the day the waters warm. We have robes. We have towels. We have people that can Shelter from the taking the time to listen to this message from the church. We hope you feel encouraged by the words you have heard today and would love the opportunity to get to meet you in person if you ever find yourself in Normal, Illinois. For more information on what's happening and to discover ways to connect, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and never miss a service. Also, follow us on social media. Find us on Instagram by searching thechurch.normalil or on Facebook by searching The Church. Direct links can be found in the show notes.